All right, welcome everyone back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we discuss all things Commander, and this week's episode is Shark Tank. We will pitch cards that you should be playing, and you will spend your hard-earned currency, which we don't have a name for, and invest (laughs) in these cards. Joined with me today is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. How are you today, Richard? I'm doing well. And uh, Krim, the Asian Avenger, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. Uh, feeling pretty excited. Excited to sell you on some cards. And lastly, we have Phil Brewer's Kitchen subbing in for Tomer. How are you doing, Phil? I know you're excited to uh, pitch some cards to us today. Yes, I got some good ones, I hope. I mean, I like them. Otherwise, I wouldn't pitch them. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the pitching... Uh, a reminder to follow us, to like us, to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes, etc. Wherever you're listening, we're available on all platforms. And remember to check out Richard's Garage, where you can uh, spend some of your currency that you did not invest into our cards <laughs> onto actual MTG Goldfish merch. Uh, so check that over out at mtggoldfishmerch.com. And uh, let's get into the pitching. So today's episode... Uh, we're going to have two rounds, and each round we will each pitch one card. Uh, we will then uh, have a discussion afterwards, maybe invest some of our own uh, V-Bucks there. And at the end of the episode, uh, when the episode goes up, uh, on the YouTube community tab will be two polls where you, the viewers, can uh, vote on which which card you'd like to invest in. Uh, so uh, with that out of the way, uh, let us let us go. I will start off. With uh, with some very sombering, very sombering stats. Okay, I, I looked up EDH rec. Okay, Eternal Witness is played in twenty percent, twenty six percent of decks. Twenty six percent of decks. You you may call this an ultra staple of the format. A quarter of all green decks are running Eternal Witness. Uh, the card is a dollar and fifty cents. Today, I propose to you a budget alternative to $1.50 in Skullwinder at $0.25. Cents. It's basically free, okay? This is like the minimum price you pay for a common. Uh, it's only played in 2% of EDH rec decks, okay? And this is a strict upgrade, and let me, let me explain the card to you. So it's 2 and a green. It's a 1-3. It's a snake. It has death touch. When Skullbinder enters a battlefield, return target card from your graveyard to your hand, then choose an opponent. That player returns a card from his or her graveyard to his or her hand. So basically, it's Eternal Witness, but you choose an opponent, and then they do the same thing. Now, the most powerful thing you can do in all of Magic the Gathering is giving people cards. But you're like, Richard, that sounds terrible. Why would I give people cards? These are my cards. Why am I giving people cards? When you give someone a card, you are taking something from them. And that is their mana and their turn. Okay? So imagine the scenario where you need a Wrath. Maybe you need an Undo Inversion. Okay? What you could do is, you know, play Vampiric Tutor, get Undo Inversion, and then spend nine mana for all of this, and then Wrath the board. Or you can cast Skullwinder, right? Take your Crater Hoof or something from your graveyard, your win con, and then be, hey, Seth, the board desperately needs an undo inversion. You have an undo inversion in your graveyard. I will target you, you undo inversion, and we're all saved. 
And Seth is like, wow, Richard, that's a free card. I love card draw. Thank you. I will definitely do that. Okay? And then the board gets Wrath. All is happy. Now, what happened? Skullwinder was a three-mana card. It casted an eight-mana Undoing version for free, right? So it got an extra card, got eight extra mana. Time walked Seth in the process because he had to spend his whole turn doing this. That's a turn he did not spend developing his board. And then I get an extra card from my graveyard and a 1-3 Death Touch on top of that. Is that not the most absurdly cracked magic card? Like, it is so beyond broken. Uh, and now, okay, you're like, Richard, no one's going to fall for these tricks. What if no one helps you, okay? What, what, what if, you know, like, you know, bad stuff happens? You can always just give someone a basic land, right? Like, if no one is willing to pay, play ball, you can be like, Krim, I'll target you if you take a basic. And then if Krim rejects, I'll go, okay, Phil, how about you take a basic? Someone will take a fetch land. Someone will do the downside, right? But more, more often than not... You will get something good. It could be something like, okay, you get a source to plowshares, you source this thing that I don't want, and it's a win-win for both of us. And it, it's just so strong that it, it is worth the, the one downside is when it's 1v1. It's only you and your opponent, then, then you can't use this card, right? Now it's like whoever has the better graveyard. But before then, it's a 2v1, you get free card, free mana. It's easier to cast an Eternal Witness. It's a 1-3 Death Touch. It has a better body. It's just like all around superior. So if you have Eternal Witness, which 26% of your decks do, just slot it out and put a Skullwinder in and your deck is just significantly better. Uh, So that is my pitch. Skullwinder, like, if there was a money back guarantee somehow, I would give it to you. (laughs) Like, I I don't know how I could guarantee. This is like such... It is so... Wow. It is so easy yeah. because all the information is on board, right? Like, unlike a secret rendezvous or something where you're like, uh, I don't know, right? Like, you see everything on board. You can plan everything perfect. There's nothing to throw a wrench into your plans here when you cast this Skullwinder. And it is so strong. I, I've cast Wait. so many Skullwinders, it's never backfired. And I know Seth has been so pleased to wipe the board for me so many times. <laughs> and, and I'm you know not what? doing that anymore. I've learned because of <laughs> this podcast. So happy afterwards. <laughs> you feel so good about it, too. It's like the definition of win win. <laughs> ah. Richard, I feel like every time you've cast it, though, you've had Seth help you, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What if you don't have a, <laughs> so, a sucker like me around to do your bidding? Is it I still a good a card? <laughs> I like would, would, would you not? Would you not want someone to cast Eternal Witness targeting you? Well, my who would reject you that? Is, who would reject well, that? Right. <laughs> my question to you is why? So you're saying this is better than Eternal Witness? Yes, because wow. you get the so, card and you give someone something that will benefit you. Richard, what? Okay. So again, I'm. I, I want you to read Skullwinder again, right? <laughs> and then I want you to then tell me why would I play this? Over Eternal Witness. Please yeah. don't say because of 1-3 Death Touch. <laughs> well, that's death Touch is quite good. relevant. But, but because, okay. because I could be like, Phil, Krim has a super annoying, like, uh, I don't know, counterbalance or something. I see okay. you have a generous <laughs> gift there. And we all need to get rid of this counterbalance. I'll just target you. You, you to get rid of that. Phil's like, great, because I needed to tutor for this removal anyway, so I'll just do it. Like, why would Phil say no to this? 
Like Phil has to be like super pro high level. Like Richard, I'm not falling for your tricks. You you get out of this mess yourself. But you just find a target that annoys Phil equally. You know what? What if what if there's an Elish Norn on the battlefield? What if Seth had like a Panamonicon or something, and then Phil was like, "That that's way that's too much value. I can't have you outvaluing me. I gotta get rid of it." I'd be like, "Phil, I'll help you out. I'll Skullwinder back some removal for you." Would you reject okay. free cards? It costs you nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's it the costs theory. you nothing. Why, why, why would we want to? Okay, so Eternal Witness already relies on you filling your yard up, right? Yep. Now you are relying on two people filling their yard up to having something that you want. Well, well, and, like, so if nobody if has nothing, a graveyard, yeah, if great. everyone has garbage, then you're just sure. a strict upgrade to Eternal Witness sure. by all that's, measures. No, no, no. Right? But, but then, the, okay, hold on. Okay, there's, there, there's no way. It's, 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 it's right. not an elf, okay? If you're playing elf ball, I get it, right? But, like, yes. Sure, <laughs> right? sure. Ignoring, like, you know, like, like the, the, you know, whatever, the synergies that it would have in, like, an elf deck. I I, A, would want to now have to fill up my own yard, and then now I have to rely on my opponent having something good to use to, like, entice them enough to want to, like, uh, like, like, you're you're banking on your opponents having something good for you to take advantage of that, right? But, so but if your opponents... Into it. But if, if your opponents you have nothing, the then you card. just get Eternal Witness, right? Yeah. Like, if your opponents have nothing good, then you just get a death-touching Eternal Witness, essentially. So, so I think so opponents having is, bad graveyard is actually fine because then you the, just the, get an eternal yeah. witness. The worst is if but your three strength, opponents but, have instant combos in their graveyard and there's no one you can choose because they'll all just combo off and win that, immediately. That, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like you open yourself up to now where you're relying on like whatever your opponents could have, right? Like you, the strength that you're selling here is that I can get my opponents to also do my bidding for me. It always so works. It, it, <laughs> That, it that's works the, that, always that because I'll be like Krim, Krim, I'll target you if you take a basic land because you yeah, look that's a good point. Yeah, like if, if Phil and Seth have like really scary graveyards, I'll just be like Krim, I'll give you a basic, right? And then if Krim rejects, then okay, I have a dead card, right? Like I don't have to cast it, right? I can just like not cast it if I feel like I'm gonna lose. But 99 percent of the time, you'll find something useful. Like Krim, you have uh, a Doom Blade in your graveyard, just like fired off on like Seth stuff. Just, just promise not to use it against me, and you can have it. Pop it off, pop off on Like, just promise not to use it against me, and you can have it, right? And I, I just got some virtual card advantage, right? Richard always Let banking on people playing single target yeah, removal, not himself. <laughs> Take that pop! I didn't put one in my deck. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't. Seth is a hater of Skullwinder. I, I wouldn't say I'm a hater. Like, I think. I think you're mostly right. I think you might be overselling a little bit, just like how how often it's going to work. I do think there are going to be cases where it's bad, which is the difference between Eternal Witness. Like, Eternal Witness has a higher floor, I'd say, because you even mentioned it. You get to 1v1, you don't want to cast this card. Or there might be situations where it's you're, no one will make a deal with you, even though that's probably pretty rare, because I think usually you're right. You will be able to make some deal. But there probably are some fringe situations where what if, like, no one at the table responds to you, and they're just like, "Play your turn." Uh, you know how people are always like, "Oh, you're gonna do this during your turn," and I'm like, "I, I'm, I don't play your turn." Any, I don't know. You choose the person. Is it still worth it with a graveyard that is not bad, right? So obviously, if they, if you know they're like you know there's a there's like a combo in there, you don't choose them, right? But you can see all graveyards, and you can choose like, yeah, the best thing you do is you you know you play a five five beat or something out of your graveyard. I'm not afraid of that. 
right? Like you have all the information available to you to make that decision. Like there's no hidden guesswork, right? Like you, you see their graveyard. So you know, you know, is the worst case scenario they, they get like, you know, a 6-6 six, six ETB or something? Maybe I'm fine with that, right? I, I think your pitch went too far. I think your pitch went too If you tried to sell me on Eternal Witness is 26% of decks, Skullwinder is 2%, that's absurd. You got me. Like, I totally agree. There's no way that Eternal Witness is, what, 14, 13 times better or something than Skullwinder. But you went right for this is better than Eternal Witness. <laughs> it is that's, straight up better. That's a tough sell. Like, better. I don't know if you can convince me it's straight up better. I, I am on board with it. It should be more played, and it's a lot better than people give it credit for, and it's underrated. So I think you get like half a point, but I'm not to the. It's, it's better it's never than never gone bad on Commander Clash. It's never gone bad on Commander Clash. That ever. is true. Yeah. Well, you always have me there to do your <laughs> to be your flunky and do your bidding. Do yeah, you <laughs> you're telling me there's there's not going to be a player that likes value. Like yeah. literally, you you need to be playing like the really high level game where you're like, I'm not wasting mana. At all, right? Because you're essentially just getting a free card. Why would you turn that down? Yeah, that is R- true. Richard never targets me because he knows that nothing I do is ever on my turn. So, like, <laughs> I will talk that to I, I will give Krim, you get this mana drain. Just don't use it on my spells. Would I don't you know, not Richard, say yes I, to that? I feel like, I mean, of course I'll say yes to that. But you know why? That's, <laughs> that, but do you know why that's terrible for you, the Skullwinder player? <laughs> that, that's not bad for me. Yeah, you, you I, if you if you, if you if you want a mana drain, Seth's bomb. Guess a man, go go for it, right? I'm, I'm all for this. I, mean, I, I like you know what that that is a mess around and find out kind of situation. I'm I like, like you want and, opposition agent. I mean, no, yeah, always see like the, the I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll give you that this card is underrated. Like Seth had mentioned, I do think that it is underrated. Uh, I do like the politic aspect of the card. I do think that's really fun, but is it better than Eternal Witness? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. It is so Eternal, much better. Uh, What's the it has a higher ceiling, it's, but a lower it, floor, I think. Is it one green I, I say and the two average colorless? case is like for, for so much higher, like at least no, two for, for Skullwinder. Skullwinder is uh, two and a green. Yeah. yeah. So it is technically it, It's much easier to, to, to cast, cast. No, and it's also a relevant body. Um, that's true. The body one, one three actually does something. Okay. A two one okay. is like useless, right? Y'all, I, y'all need to stop lying to yourselves. It's twenty twenty three. Everything is indestructible. No, everything <laughs> is indestructible. It's, it's worse with blink. I think. I, I imagine you can probably get away with the like uh, yes. make someone your stooge once, and like they're gonna do it. But after you do it a couple times, I think the table's gonna wise up and be like, "Hey, hang on, wait a minute. This is working out way too good for Richard." Okay, so I don't no think you can keep reusing it like you're trying with this because you can't give someone like ten cards out of the graveyard, right? But it's been like six years. No one has wise up Seth. I, I think <laughs> maybe that's a reflection on us as like... commander players rather than the card. Yeah, <laughs> it, it never fails because everyone wants value. Right? <laughs> I really like everyone the, wants value yeah like the plan b of saying hey uh who wants the worst card out of their graveyard and somebody's gonna take it I'm, I'm gonna take it if the alternative is seth is gonna get the worst card of his graveyard i'm gonna take it uh, so that's a good point saying it's better than eternal eternal witness is not an elf it's a human but still oh it's, it's not an it, elf okay uh, yeah it's mind. weird i had to check as well it has no upside <laughs> It has no upside. It's all downside. Falia's lieutenant crying. Yes, it has human synergies and shaman synergies. 
Just play both. They're both. I I yes, I, I would grant that yeah. this is the second best Eternal Witness. Ooh, so why not just play both of them? Because they're really good. Timeless Witness is the second best Eternal Witness. Balagan's. I don't know. Balagan is an Eternal Witness though. That's telling that doesn't change. Yeah, there's no Blink or Panoramica. I have failed to acquire any excess mana from my fellow podcasters. So hopefully YouTube will back me up. No one's willing to just. I said just think one man. had a point. It's because the premise of that, you sold it as better than yeah. Eternal Witness. It is better. It is way better. Okay, no. calm down. There's what? I get a free wrath. I time walk Seth. Seth is happy about it. I love that Seth is, like, I didn't even make an enemy out of the deal, right? Why Seth me? is the main example. Why is that? Because it is Seth every time the target gets Phil, tell me, tell me if I offered you a wrath from your graveyard, you wouldn't snap, take it, and cast it if you felt the table needed a yeah, wrath. Yeah, that makes sense. As that's blanket, the, that's uh, the ceiling, sure, though. Right? You stated that way, but, but you got to account for board states, game states. Okay, I, I give not, removal. I'm like, Phil, is there a permanent bothering you on this board state that's not mine? Here, take take whatever removal you want, Phil, right? can you honestly accept that and assume that there's no strings attached? There, there are no okay. strings attached. There are. Just don't, string don't attached. Don't I can see the string but attached. there are. There are. The string <laughs> Richard that you attached is Richard. I've, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I, I feel like if you didn't say it's better than Eternal Witness, I would have been fully on board. I, I was, yeah. Eternal I'm, Witness I'm, doesn't I'm, give you like eight mana and an extra spell and like a time walk in opponent, right? Like, says, Christ, I'm not cool. Just say time walk cool. Seth. You cool. say time yes. walk. Just say it. Just yes, time walk Seth. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to play Skullwinder every game. And I'm going to target Krim and I'm going to see how long you can say no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, Krim, you're stuck on three lands. Would you like a land? Like, no, no, I'm not no. falling for your I, tricks, I, Richard. I have been, been hardened by my like the world that is RNG. I, I don't even know what a fourth land is. So what makes you think I would even know what to do with this new land? <laughs> all right, all right. So we, we have another card here. Phil, let us know what 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 is the card that we should all be investing in. Yeah, so I'm not going to sell this as the best card, but it is one of the most fun cards I've played or tried in recent times, and it's Machine God's Effigy from the Mishra Precon from Bovaswar. It's a four mana artifact that says you may have Machine God's Effigy enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it's an artifact that taps for one blue mana. So. You basically play this as a four mana mana rock that taps for blue. That's not very impressive. But then it becomes a copy of any creature on the battlefield, but it's not a creature. So it doesn't die to board wipes. Uh, first of all, you can go infinite with devoted druid if you want to. If you want infinite mana, that's pretty easy with this. But I'm, I've been playing it just in random decks like Manius Kaga or Mishra. Uh, and it, it's weirdly, Good. So you've seen it in Commander Clash where I copied Excel, Excel in the Poison Week and that was very good. Toma tried to remove it and I protected it because I felt like it was worth protecting. And in paper, I copied commanders like Nifmizid Perun and got this text box or, uh, what's the, ah, uh, I don't know. You can copy commanders. Just say any popular commander like Mordrotha, Prosper, Omnath, AEC, Toxrel. All these are insane text boxes to have just lying around on a mana rock. And uh, yeah, the card is just way better than you'd expect. And the floor is just copy your opponent's commander, which usually has a great text box. Otherwise, they wouldn't play it. And then you can 
get something like a lot of great text boxes are on creatures that are fragile so that balances the card but then you can have like a notion thief or archmage emeritus displacer kitten or seedborn muse on a mana rock and then it's really good it's very i'm not gonna sell it like oh this is better than x cards it is better very than soul fun. ring it is not better than <laughs> any other like no four mana mana rock is competitively good i think this one can go infinite with devoted druid or something <clears> but <throat> i'd just say hey look at any board state and think about if you want any of the text boxes of any of the creatures on a thing that doesn't die to a board wipe and that's uh, that's the card for it. You can play Im Imposter Mech for two mana. That's the same one, but it's a vehicle. But yeah, you don't want to copy anything on turn two anyway. So I tried Imposter Mech when it was on. I didn't draw it, but it, it, I tried it and it wasn't as cool. This one, though. Ooh, it's so fun. I, oh, <laughs> I have a rules question before I invest my money here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a creature. Yes. So you would get like all the texts. Of the thing, you would get the yes. ETB of it, but it yes. doesn't have a power of toughness, cannot attack, uh, cannot no. be removed with creature removal. Yes, yeah, so an artifact. Devoted Droid can it does die to artifact infinite. removal still. Oh, yeah, but. obviously, yeah. So Devoted Droid, I, I mentioned it, so how it works is you can tap it for green mana and then put a minus one, minus one counter on it to untap it, but it will never die because it doesn't have power and toughness. So you can just put infinite minus one, minus one counters on it. If that is, that's also a combo thing if you want to do this. You also get infinite mana. Uh, I used it with... I played in Manius Kalga just for fun. And I copied a Locust God and went infinite right away. Luckily, I had a sacrifice outlet because <laughs> when I draw a card, I create a token. And when I create a token, I draw a card. And that's something the deck usually doesn't do with one card unless my opponent plays a Locust God. And I play this Machine God effigy. It's just super fun. And the... Whew, the commanders are listed. I imagine you have Toxrill's text box on there, or IEC, or oh, Omnath. Oh, there's so much good stuff. It's and, just super and fun. You, you also would get the ETB trigger, right? Yes. If you copy a Muldrifter, you're going to get the draw to you or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I, I try to... like Afterwards, it's not a body, so it's just a four-mana divination. If that's what you have to do, it's fine. But I would try to get... Usually, the commander is where the juice is at. Uh, you can copy your own commander, but then you have to sacrifice yours. If you want something more board wipe protected, but just copy mm -hmm. whatever's on there. There's always something on the board on turn four or five or whenever you want to play this. It's just super fun. I, just, I played the card once and it just popped off because I copied Niv Mizzet. Oh, <laughs> bye. It's, whew, maybe it's a bias because I, no. Not, that, I play, actually, I played in almost every deck, but I just drew it once so far. Just play the card. Try it out. It's cheap. It's just one one buck. Just get it while it's not in the meta. Ten, ten bucks. I tell you, <laughs> soon, <laughs> once the people find out. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does seem super fun. It is just It's kind of bad as a mana rock, right? Like, so yes. four mana to add one mana... In mono blue, though, like mono blue is pretty bad at ramping. It probably yeah. is like a top top ten blue ramp spell or something just <laughs> wow. by default because blue is like so bad at ramping. I I like it. I'm intrigued. I haven't played it at all, but the possible I'm more intrigued by copying Enter the Battlefield triggers. The static like commander stuff sounds really cool, but 
I play Hedron Archive. If my mana rock oh, comes into play and God, draws no. me two cards with a Muldrop Drifter, and then I get to tap it for mana, I'm thrilled by that. <laughs> that to me, that sounds like a great card. And you were like poo pooing that. So, yeah, I think I, I'm sold. I'm gonna start jamming this in decks. Yeah, the card is good. I I I also got it with the the Misha Precon, and I played around with it. So, it's a pretty fun artifact, and can just randomly go infinite in numerous different ways. Uh, so I, I like this card as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I would buy this. I would buy this definitely. It, it reminds me of Cursed Mirror, but it just yes. costs more. You just like copy a dock side. You're like, I'm good. I, I got all the value <laughs> I ever needed. H- how do you rate this compared to like say Phyrexian Metamorph, which I think would be. It's a different card. A I, so you're not counting this as a clone card? No. You're counting this more as a mana rock? Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I play clones in Lornus, but not this. But like but Grand I, Dynamo exists. <laughs> oh, I don't want to ramp with it. I just play. want interesting interaction. You like the cloning, hmm, the cloning aspect. Because so like, if we're all cloning, like why don't we just play Phantasmal Image or Phyrexian It dies. Metamorph. It dies to to my it board. Does die. Like, you can play like, and if Mizzet can't really be on the board, but you can just steal this and then I don't know play. Toxic Deluge, and then you're the one with a nif text box, and yeah, you can remove an artifact, obviously. You can, it's not super resilient, but usually if there's a problem threat, that's a creature, people want to wrath the board, and they can do this after you've made an artifact copy, and then you're the one with this text box. But like, uh, so right after creatures, the second most fragile yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. the max, though, right? Yeah. But I, I, I see, it's 2023. Every commander, every creature has like a million things on the text box. I can see the benefit of getting those with being slightly more resilient. Uh, and then you're randomly a mana rock, but you're like a summoning sick mana rock. It's, it's not summoning sick. Slow and janky. Just... Isn't it? No, it's not a creature. No, because oh, it's, it's an artifact. artifact. You can yeah. still use it. Oh, yeah. So you can okay, so you use, use it. it the turn you cast it. Okay, okay, okay. Although there's some commanders where it doesn't seem as, like, Kalia or, like, a questing beast. There's some, sure. you could run into some matchups where your opponent doesn't actually have great things to copy. Are you, like, are you building your deck with yeah. the, the the idea of copying something in mind? So, like, if your opponents don't have something sweet, then you can yeah. probably copy something from your own deck? So, in Mishra, it, it synergizes just in general with the game plan, but in Manios Kaiga, I have like fairy artisans, which is crazy if you have it on an artifact or all the cards that say whenever you draw a second card, you create a creature tokens. All of this is just great to have lying around on a, on a mana rock. And it's not that threatening, although it, I played it once on Commander Clash and uh, Toma tried to blow it up right away, but I did target his commander with it and it was very good in this situation. Uh, it's really hit on this, but it's definitely just fun. Whenever I draw it, I feel like, ooh, I got, I got some surprises in this game because nobody expects it. Like, I didn't expect to go instant infinite with, uh, Locust God because my colors can't do this. But uh, with this card, you just gotta get lucky. I mean, I if, mean, if Questing I mean, Beast is old, just cop, don't copy the Questing Beast. Maybe copy the... <laughs> Ewits or <laughs> Skullwinder, not not Ewit, because we yeah. got to copy the good yeah. one, you the better of the two. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> no, but uh, Seedbloom, right, for right. example, my god. All right, Krim, 
sell us on a card. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this one isn't like by any means like the best thing ever, but it's something new that I'm curious on trying out because it seems pretty good. Uh, in Commander, almost every deck plays every, a lot of artifacts, right? Like it, some amount, like there's probably eight to about like ten artifacts on average, right? In your in your deck, and Seth specifically, I know you love MDFCs, right? So. What, what if I told you there was something that was like an MDFC, but at a later point, it could become an artifact you control? And that's what the Mycosynth Gardens looks like to me. Currently, it so what it does is it adds a colorless, but you can pay one and then tap it. Uh, it adds a color of your choice, but then you can pay X and tap it. Mycosynth Gardens becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control with mana value X. So this is like a land that can copy... Any of the artifacts you control at a later point, it's a land when you need it. It's also untapped, unlike the MDFCs. Uh, it doesn't produce a color unless you sink an additional one into it, but it can copy any artifact you control, non-token. And as we've seen, like Seth and, and Richard, I don't know if y'all have been following, it made its appearance in Modern, in Titan, Primeval Titan decks. Okay. If it's good enough for modern, it's it's gotta be good here, right? Like, come on, right? Like, you are able to then like. There's so many things that if you like, example there, Richard, you want to go and get your dousing dagger? Here you go, dousing dagger. Wait, it doesn't work. It doesn't no, it doesn't work. You can't flip it. Oh yeah, you, you, you're right. You're right. Not for you. Not Don't dousing do dagger. It doesn't flip. It doesn't flip. Do not copy the dousing dagger. Okay. Outside of like the the things that are flip cards though, in all soaring, soaring, everyone has a soaring. Soul ring. Every deck has artifacts they could use and, and have multiple copies of. Why not have a land that can become that at a later point? Ooh. Hmm. It's so like my, an MDFC. My, my question for you is, Cram, are we talking about in artifact decks? Or are we thinking, like, you got 10 or 12 mana rocks, jam it in, jam it in a deck that's not an artifact deck to copy mana rocks? Obviously, in a deck where you're, I think if you if it's a mana rock copying a mana rock outside of Soul Ring, it's usually like you're like neutral, maybe right? Except yeah. you're now turning on someone's like land destruction, right? Uh, but outside, like outside of that, I do think even just like the basic deck run, runs enough artifacts. Like I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go to EDH rank. I'm gonna click on a random deck, right? It, oh, sure, in mono white for Richard's sake, right? <laughs> utility, utility artifacts, right? Like, so you click at that, you have Swiftfoot Boots. Um, you have, like, you could even have, like, Robe of Stars. You have Pearl Medallion, right? The reduction on that, sure, which is kind of like a Mana Rock. But you get, like, more Commander's Plates. So, obviously, this is a Light Paws deck, so it's probably going to have a lot more. But I'm just clicking on random decks that exist in, in random colors. I'll even go to Girl, right? Let's go to the Werewolf deck, right? Like, like the, what, what, what would a Werewolf deck want to copy, right? You, you have a lot of things like Herald's Horn... Uh, you have Vanquishers, Banners. Obviously, you'd have to pay the full cost for it if you had it for a Great Henge, but, uh, like, you could technically copy that. It's an artifact. You, there's there's so many things. Cru Conduit? Oh, yeah, it is legendary. You're right. Whatever. But Conduit of Worlds is a new artifact that's really good that could play well with this. So if you're playing green, you can play lands from your graveyard. This itself is a land in the graveyard. So if you have your artifact blown up, you can now just use Conduit of Worlds to bring it back. Uh, it can also copy it a Conduit of Worlds for some odd reason if you wanted to. It can become a sword. It can be whatever artifact you need it to be. And I think that's what I like in it. it maybe some of the examples aren't ideal, but I can tell you that the, the point is that the flexibility of it copying anything that you own that's not a token 
is pretty pretty good on average. Like I whatever deck it is, there's an <clears throat> artifact you can always have another one of. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. He kind of already so sold me on this. A saga last episode. Soul Ring, right? Like oh, you yeah. can always get the Soul Ring out, and then right. you can always Urza Saga your Soul Ring out. So you always can have a target. The problem is you go down to land, and then you replace it with an artifact, which will probably get blown up. So that's where I'm iffy. So but, I think you need an actual high value target, and not really like make your own ancient tomb. Like you need the amulet of vigor like an MDFC, or Colossus right? Hammer. <laughs> I can see but, the M- I like I like the argument. I like the MDFC argument. Although it is colorless. That is a that is a like but but it's, uh, it filters though. It's like it, it could filter. <laughs> so it's, but so it's not I know it seems bad cuz you're sinking two mana for one, but sometimes in a three color deck, legitimately all you need is that uh, maybe maybe this doesn't it, you don't need a colorless land in that slot, but three colors plus it could be the color you need though. It's not it, – obviously, I'm not going to say that, yeah, spending two mana for one is good, right? But it is no, – it's not just going to sit there and make only colorless. So I, I'm not sold on just playing it in a generic deck, I don't think. I, I think it reminds me a little bit of Buried Ruin. Buried Ruin, actually a very popular and heavily played landing commander. You can get artifact back from the graveyard, three mana, sack it. It's probably an upgraded version of that. I don't think I would play Buried Ruin in just a random deck being like, oh, someone's going to blow up my Soul Ring and then I can get it back. Like, that doesn't seem very good. But if I'm an Artifact deck, then this seems like it's going to be one of the best cards in my deck. Like, then I'm going to have tons of good targets. I'm going to have very important, theoretically, very important cards that I need to keep on the battlefield. And making a copy is a way I can get around a targeted removal spell on my Bullets to Citadel or on my Time Sift, whatever combo piece I have. So I think I'm really sold on playing this in Artifact decks i don't think i would jam in werewolves so yeah yeah even though i love mdfcs i don't think i'm convinced that i would jam it in like werewolves or whatever sure maybe maybe but like why not in werewolves just for this random case right because you get an additional set of boots you get an additional greaves you can have another uh, uh coat of arms to double up on that like there's there's still things that you can do with this i would play it in like potentially a control deck that uses like top uh you can copy top right like you <laughs> can know, i think Activate I think it's a matter of... You, it... you can, yes. You can Ooh, activate yeah. it in response to, like, a removal spell at instant speed. You can activate it on the end step and untap and do something with it. I think the thing we haven't mentioned is opportunity cost. Like, that's where I'm getting stuck with this card is, like, in the werewolf deck, I could play this, but I can only play so many colorless lands... Is this going to beat out War Room? Is this going to beat out Field of the Dead? Is this going to beat out, like, Ancient Tomb? Like, how many colorless lands can I play? So if this is costing me the opportunity to play a better colorless land... Eh, so that would be my concern in a in a non-artifact deck. Artifact deck, though, seems I mean, very good. The artifact deck, obviously great, right? Like, yeah. I, I think there's a surplus of things you can do there. Uh, but uh, this one, I'm, I'm more so thinking, like, outside hmm, of just hmm. an artifact deck, right? All because right, I... Lands, lands have now, like, you have so many lands that do things, right? And this, I'm just curious, like, is this a land that actually could be one of the ones that could even go in a non-artifact deck, right? Like, it does, it does do something. things. I don't know. It I'm does... not sold. Richard, what it, are you, you or Phil sold on playing this in non-artifact decks? Not really. I think artifact decks, it's cracked. But I'm like, so let's say you copy, like, a sword. It's like three mana to copy the sword. You equip the sword. And then you ramp back using the sword to make up the land you lost. Like, 
it's because you you go down a land. So if it was just like X tap, make a copy of an artifact. Oh, then oh it would my be God. cracked. <laughs> wow, right? that would be but absurd. Because that, that you go down be a land, land. <laughs> you, you that, go yeah, down a land for this. Like you kind of want to be copying mana rocks or something. Like because you're going down a land, right? So, but if you're just replacing you're, with the soul ring, you're opening yourself up to getting vandal blasted. Uh, so but I, I it think has you're to be thinking something of like really the setup good. turns, right? Like I think you're thinking like turn one, turn two, right? Whatever, right? Like you're, you would go down a land, so but you, you don't have you're thinking to. Thinking end game. Like this is like, this is like turn ten, you copy something like sure, a coat of yeah, arms. Yeah, turn ten, yeah. you could copy. Like it's good there, and like it's it's not like you. Maybe. It's just an artifact. You you can still use it as mana. You don't have to instantly turn it into an artifact the turn you play it. So it's not dead on the early turns and. It, as we had mentioned, it's a filter. Whether that's an upside or downside, you know, you can take that how you will. But, like, it is not always just going to be a colorless land, right? You can tap for a color. And when you're ready to then transform it into a late game or something that is of value or, like, as you move to your end game, this could be a part of it, right? Like, whether it's – because it, it's whenever you want it to be. And you can – and mostly the biggest appeal is, as we had mentioned, Phil asked earlier – can you activate this at instant speed? And the answer is yes, right? So I like this. I like this as something that could become something better once I don't need lands anymore. What's a cheap endgame artifact? Like uh, Amulet of Vigor? Mesmeric Orb. So I'm not sure if <laughs> the oh, episode is yeah, out yet, but uh, yeah, that could be Krim it. already sold me on this, and I checked the price, and it kind of sucks that it's good in modern because I want it for my Mishra deck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. Yeah, it's like I five bucks or something. Yeah, it's more than I want to pay for my lands. I'm pretty, yeah, 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 pretty cheap yeah, in my land nice. base. I maybe I, I'll check. Maybe I order one later because, like, I wouldn't play it in any random deck. Even in Lonus, where I have some very important artifacts like Inspiring Statuary, I wouldn't. Uh, it's a little like colorless lands. You really have to watch out not to overdo it with them. But in Mishra, I have so many good targets for this. Oh, also, Machine God's Effigy makes an artifact copy. You can just copy it again if you want to. <laughs> so As long as it's, it's not a token. It's not a token. It's a copied <clears throat> right. mana rock there. So I, but, I, but also, again, like it's it, not yeah. just a colorless land. Because it can be it can filter, yeah. a it's, color of whatever it, it you want. Which color? Yeah, it's yeah. like I, your pancreastic study. <laughs> Very poorly, right, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there, like there are decks where like triple black, you know, is a real cost. And <clears throat> in a three color deck, you you'll still this can allow you to get that mana. So I don't know. This is again just kind of like something I've been thinking about because like this card looks pretty sweet. I tried it as Seth uh, as uh, Phil mentioned on a clash, and it was very nice. So like I I definitely really liked it there. Is the sphere type relevant? <laughs> like, what, what is that for? Oh, uh, no. I, I no. know. It's a, it's a land no. sphere. Monument of perfection. <laughs> it is oh. relevant with one very bad card in standard. Is oh, that right. a okay. card for spheres? <laughs> is, it, is that like a rampant growth for spheres? Maybe not as no. aggressive. Monument of perfection is like a journeyer's kite for spheres and also basics. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing that just ramps a sphere to the battlefield specifically. Seth. Y'all are really high on copying things. Tell me about your card. (laughs) Oh, I I am going to introduce you to the best mono blue ramp spell uh, in in Commander, uh, and that is Clever Impersonator. So Clever Impersonator, it's a clone, 
But this is the best clone. This is a clone that y'all should uh, should be playing in basically every blue deck. It does see a bit of play. It's in 4% of decks, according to EDH Rec. But it's played exclusively in clone theme decks, where you're playing like Sakasima and you're just building around playing clones. Uh, the power of Clever Impersonator is it's a clone that can clone literally any permanent on the battlefield anyone and we know commander it's a format built around very powerful permanence just look at like the stuff that comes out of phil's decks on a weekly basis there's always mana doubling value agent of treacheries there's always something busted on the battlefield clever impersonator really takes advantage of that not only can it copy stuff from your deck but it can copy any of your opponent's things as well uh, and the thing about this card is it doesn't say non-land permanent so the floor of this is super it, it, it high does say non-land a copy of any non-land permanence wow rough hmm. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the floor would you like to modify your pitch <laughs> now that you've read the card <laughs> When did they add non-land to that? I swear I've copied lands with this card. Was there an errata? Was there an errata recently? It was a land. Yeah, maybe that's it. So the floor on this card is incredibly high because Commander is a format where everyone's playing mana rocks. In worst case, this can be sniping your opponent's soul ring. This can be sniping his signet. So the floor on this is by the time you can cast this on turn four, is you're going to be able to take and uh, get some extra mana out of. You can be copying uh, Phil's card. Really, Machine God Effigy and turning this into any other text box on the battlefield and also a mana rock. So there's a, a ton of possibilities with this card. So the floor is very high since worst case, it's going to be a ramp spell. The ceiling is also very high because it can be hitting a finisher. It can be hitting your opponent's commander rather than just getting its text box. You're getting the actual creature as well. So maybe there is a questing beast. Maybe there is a Kalia, some commander that actually cares about being a creature. Clever impersonator can be that as well. So this can be copying Dockside and Ristic studies in Mirari Rake and Sun Titans and even if you're a budget deck or you're someone that doesn't feel right about putting a Dockside in your deck because it's just too powerful and not fun or Ristic Study I don't play that card if your opponent plays it first it's perfectly fair game for you to copy it with your with your clever impersonator so Krim I don't even think I gotta like sell you on this card much because I know you already love cloning things so you probably already like this card to some extent <laughs> Richard ah, it's like it's like the creature version of uh, like a thespian stage or Vesuva. There's so much flexibility here. You know, there's going to be something worth copying with this card, where you have the uh, the uh, the floor of being uh, a mana source, and then the ceiling of potentially winning the game because you're copying your flipped dowsing dagger or some very powerful card. This is the same thing, but the creature version. And Phil, like you already love agent of treachery isn't yeah. two agent of treachery is better than one agent of treachery like why why wouldn't you have a clever impersonator in your deck i i literally swapped out the clever impersonator for an agent of treachery because i <laughs> got run recently it was my replacement for it before but then again i just steal any permanent and i can steal lands with it i like clever uh clever impersonator though no not marking the card, but Agent of Treachery is slightly better. You, you yeah. had me so sold, Seth, until I read the card and it said you can copy a land. <laughs> you were like, supposed what, to you read... copy lands? Four mana ramp? I'm all on this. Uh, I still you don't know if that's right. You uh, is there a bug copy... on the website? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like someone hacked the, the website, yeah. Photoshop Clever Personator. Okay, I ask again. Phyrexian Metamorph. Is so much easier to cast. It's three mana, no blue pips, right? You can just pay two life. But you can copy 
Artifacts or creatures? Only artifacts or creatures. So you're missing Planeswalker and... Enchantments. Enchantments. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, and then lands... Battles. Battles. (laughs) Who knows? You might need a copy of Battle. Oh, boy. So isn't one more more mana worth that flexibility? I don't think so. I I think you want to put this in a clone deck. And if you are just trying to play a value clone, I think you just play Metamorph. Hmm. No, if, if you're trying to just copy a mana rock, like the difference between a three mana mana rock and a four mana mana rock is like very large, right? So I, I don't think you want to just be copying a soul ring with this thing. Like you really want to be copying something. And I think you need to explicitly be a clone deck because like, like Phil said, like you can bank on someone having agent treachery and copying it. Just play your own agent of treachery to ensure that it's actually there. <laughs> you get the effect, right? So... The problem with clones is it scales with the power level of your opponent's decks. Um, so when you try to play it for value, it might be bad, but But it also scales okay. with the power level of your deck. So if you're playing the Agent of Treachery, you have even more more hits in your deck so, because you can copy so your own stuff would you stuff play as well. this above Metamorph and above, um, what's the two-mana one? Oh, yeah. The, the two-mana uh, clone. Phantasmal Image? Yeah. I think Phantasmal def- Image. Like, those are the, usually the go-to clone options or at is four mana you can image... actually play a control magic oh, phantasmal just take the thing you want to be cloning right phantasmal image isn't a thing though i could play what? anywhere that's a dedicated clone no right? that's because the no the last you're just, one you're just getting the value of atv or whatever they ping it off and whatever right but it's two mana but, i don't They're... know ah, they're much narrower. if you want to copy your own stuff phantasmal image is the best one of them all i think uh, for some reason, wait, that doesn't even make any sense. But the two mana I mean, is very cheap. so good. It's I mean, if they target it, it's, it's just, gonna die anyways. It so dies. They... <laughs> yeah, sure. But uh, what are they gonna target it with? Like a spell that doesn't kill it? I don't care. I already drew my cards. I, 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 I don't. I can't imagine cutting phantasmal image, but I did cut a uh, clever impersonator. Still, love, love uh, clones. Yeah, I'm sold on this regardless. Wait, I did wait, think did you it, cut it from a clone deck, or was this a normal? No, like, just loneliness value. But I, I have enough good creatures to copy, so I can just run clones just for value. Yeah. I guess you copy lands. Anyone? Anyone? An instant. I, I would sell yeah. my house and buy it. <laughs> but with the non-land clause, it's just a clone. It's just a clone. No. It's a it's a souped up clone, but yeah, it's not not having lands does make it a little a little bit worse. It's a ram spell. You still got the vandal blast issue. I I still think that the fact that it is copying a non land permanent still pretty darn good compared to most clones, right? And uh, like the the fact that it copies any uh, non land permanent uh, that in meaning that like including your opponents, I think that's that's nice. So. I still think this is a very good clone. Uh, I think the reason why I didn't play this as, mu- as much at a point was because it was so expensive and I only had one copy from Con. Uh, now, now it's, it's, it's like cheap it now. Yeah, it's cheap yep. now. Um, but yeah, like that was at a point when Commander was still fresh. This was like hitting like 18 bucks or something silly like that. So I wasn't trying to like pay that. Um, but now at at, you know, $2 or so, uh, this is a very good clone. Copying any permanent, non-land permanent, I, I don't even care if it hits a land. So, I, I mean, it, it 
still could potentially ramp like Seth sold it if it copies mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. soul ring. Sure, everyone's or, got a soul or, ring. Yeah, everyone's got one of those. That's just so a boy. I, I he genuinely... don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is at a mana loss, but you could get like whatever great hens. You could get you know anything you need, and you're buying the upside. Just, yeah, this is a wild card, and I don't mean like an arena yeah. wild card. It is literally whatever card you want it to be, uh, <laughs> as long as it's not a land. So I I really like this one. So I'm sold on it. I like that it copies right. enchantments. That is more relevant than you might think. Oh yeah, and planeswalker. Yeah, and battles. <laughs> It, Whatever wait, they do, you, you can't copy an emblem. Right? Emblem's not a permanent. No, right? emblems are not a thing. No. Yeah, they don't exist. Dungeon yeah. cannot copy. Those are not a no. thing either. No. no. Okay. Your opponent's D twenty can't copy. Can't copy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> copy opponent's deck. That's a permanent. Yeah. No. Okay. That's a really nice hat. I would like to copy <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, that's round one. So uh, be sure. To go vote with your hard-earned money on the YouTube community tab uh, where we can see. So we're going to start round two. And uh, I thought I thought I had a slam dunk in round one, guys. I, I already, like, took my investment money and, like, bought a mansion in L.A. Like, I thought I thought we were good. So if you guys didn't even buy Skullwinder, I don't know about this one. This one's going to be a, a tough sell. <laughs> okay? Spirited Companion. <laughs> I'm sold. You should be yeah, played. Love it. Should be played way, 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 way more than it currently is played. Okay. And Spirit Companion, it's one in a white, so two mana. It's a one-one. It's it's like the cutest doggy. Okay. Enchantment creature dog. One Spirit Companion enters the battlefield. Draw a card. So it's a it's a two mana can tripping creature, and people do not play enough of this. So. The ultimate strategy, the ultimate strategy in Commander. I'll, I'll give you a secret to win like your next five Commander games. I'm not going to say out of how many games you play, though. Uh, <laughs> all you do is just play card draw and ramp on cantrippy creatures and then wrath the board on turn five, and then you win. Right? So when everyone's playing out their stuff, their mana rocks... They're like actual like combo pieces. You're playing things like Spirited Companion. You're playing things like Wall of Omens, Solemn Simulacrum, Skyscanner. You are building up the cards in your hand, your mana base, while having board presence so people can't just kill you. And then you wrath the board. Everyone's down cards. You are down nothing because you just played all these cantrips. And then you proceed to run over the game. Having the board presence is super important because it prevents you from dying. And you may think, Richard, it's a 1-1. Like, what's it going to do? It doesn't even have Death Touch. It's not Baleful Strix, right? But Commander players are, like, opportunistic attackers. Like, they're not really trying to kill you in the early game. They're trying to get value. What is value? Like, hitting with a Dousing Dagger. Hitting with a Sword, right? Uh, maybe getting a Curse Trigger. Maybe getting a Toski Trigger. So, even though you're just chump blocking with a 1-1 it will stop the attack. Like, if, they, if they're trying to get a Toski card, they see a Spirit Companion, they're not going to attack you. They're going to attack the open player, right? So just having these creatures on the battlefields allows you to mitigate so much damage, and you can use them for your own attack triggers. So you can use Spirit Companion to trigger Toski. You can use it to carry a sort of body and mind crim. Uh, oh. You can, you know, dousing <laughs> dagger, things like that, right? Uh, just so much value, and then it can be reanimated later, right? So you have a Sun Titan, you have like Savin's, uh, Savine's Reclamation, things like that. So p- 
people play blue cantrips, so like ponder serum visions, right? They they cantrip the card and they get to dig deeper usually, right? Like the effect is what they're after. This is the same thing, except you get a body on the battlefield, which is like very relevant for commander, and then you you get to stay back, you know, not look weird. So if you do nothing, you just pass like the first five turns. People get very suspicious of you, right? So you play Spirit of Companion, like solid. You're like I'm doing things, I'm building. Don't wrath me, yeah, right? Like you just look like you're playing the game, but you're just setting up for the wrath to wipe everyone out, and then you play your game. So. Spirited Companion is like super underplayed. Baleful Strix is 14% of decks, Spirit Companion only four. And Spirit Companion is like relegated to just blink decks like uh like Wall of Omens and things like that. But I think this should be core of like most of your decks. So you can what are you gonna do? Like play a two mana three three beater? Like, no, that's like useless, right? Just play like a one one cantrippy blocker that like keeps you alive until the late game and make sure like people don't mess with you and then and then play your game from there. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna ask you like first off, for someone that loves Skullwinder and talks about Skullwinder's death touch body, how are you not gonna love Baleful Strix? Yeah, Baleful Strix obviously is better. So if you had to tier rank these, like Baleful Strix obviously the best, but without the death touch, it's still good. And I would actually pay I, three mana for this. I play Sky Scanner, right? And then Wall Omens is a beefier blocker. It's a two mana zero four. Solemn is a four mana two two that draws and ramps. Uh, it's actually the best. All the white ramp, like the catch up ramp, gives you a body. Uh, so they're all like, basically similar. Do you feel like the enchantment type is upside or downside? Irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're playing Enchantress or something, like it, it matters, it, but. I played it in a track. Like, I, and then I, I you guess won. if someone like wants to lethal you and your only blocker is spirited companion and they have a disenchant in hand, you're like out of luck. But <laughs> usually I don't think the enchantment type matters. So do you play this in just any deck? You're some five color deck and you just yes. like uh, maybe if you're like a dedicated tribal deck or whatever, you wouldn't nerf flavor, but like you would just jam this in literally any deck for, for value. This hmm. is where the meme that all Richard decks are white weenie comes from. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> because like you see all these cards and I'm like, actually I'm a storm deck. I've just been playing this to like build my hand. I mean, I, but people I like get caught off guard. Companion. I I guess I'm I guess I'm I guess I'm down with it. I I think I'm sold. Like I like it as a card. I play it a lot. I guess I've never really thought about just jamming in any deck. I played in like Panarmonicon decks, Blink decks, obviously. But the reasoning makes sense to me. Like. We one thing we've definitely learned on Commander Clash is presenting a board presence is really important. Uh, we see people die very often who have like all this sweet dirty stuff in hand and just their life total gets so low because they don't put anything on the battlefield early. Even just a a one one is something. So if someone's trying to like hit their get in and hit get their triggers going, they're gonna go to whoever doesn't have a blocker at all. So I think this actually does save you a lot of damage and it doesn't cost you a card. So yeah, I think I'm down. I'm in. Yeah, same. I mean, to be I... honest, uh, wait, it it's literally hanging yes. on my wall because it's so cute. So yes, yes I'm sold regardless. <laughs> but I thought about like I wouldn't put it in Manios Kaga. I do have two white decks. So one is Manios Kaga, the other one is Omnath, and Omnath seems very counterintuitive as well. But I do sometimes wish I had a little little bit more board presence in the early game and. It just cycles, and it, it's very cute. Too bad there's not a full art version. Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to okay, think okay, about it. Okay. It's very low impact, but 
who who wants to kill this? You don't want to attack into this and destroy it. <laughs> if if I, someone I, like swords the plowshares it, like you oh have God, won a great victory, or you're about to die on the spot because yeah. you did that really weird play. <laughs> are are we really at the point where you're gonna? Okay, this when you say board presence. You are talking about a one-one, right? Like, okay, yes, <laughs> I, that's enough. I love, I love dogs. I love dogs, so I'm sold. I'm sold <laughs> on the principle that it is a dog. It doesn't matter what it did; it's a dog, right? Like, so I, I, I am sold. But Magic player me, you're you're drawing one card, and it is a random card. It comes down early. It's it's not exactly the the biggest threat ever, sure, uh, but but it does come down early. I don't think is this still good enough? Like at two mana in command, you, right? you you have a sword. You have like a, I don't know what you have. What's your favorite creature? You you, you have an opposition agent with a sword of body of mind on it, and then sure. and then Seth has no creatures. Richard has a spirited companion. <laughs> Why is it always me? (laughs) I'm more likely to not have creatures, to be honest. Yeah, that's maybe you you, you don't care. You you don't. But five damage is still a lot of damage, right? But you don't particularly care for the damage, so you're not going to go out of your way to remove the dog to hit me. You'll just hit Seth to get your triggers and move on with your your game, right? I mean, yeah, probably. Like sure in that in that exact scenario sure why not but I but I but I am curious like is is this outside of enchantress decks uh, anything that can abuse the fact that it is an enchantment right like in a white deck or a deck that plays white so let me get this straight you would play this just at in any deck that has white is what yes. you're saying and I, I actually do it. So I in my play sky scanner, yeah. I, I, you do. I know, and I've seen it. I, 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 I even paid fifty percent more mana for this ability. <laughs> I I can't I can't get down with that. I don't know how this is outside of an it. It works in a dog deck. It works. <laughs> in what? So okay, so okay. What People are like Richard. You don't play swords to plowshares. We'll just kill you. Richard is very hard to kill. You guys, like, try yes. to kill me and you can't because I have stuff like Spirited Companion sitting it's there. It's not Spirited Stop. Companion that prevents that from happening. What do you, what do you think? I, Half the time, it's just Seth and I, like, going at each other and then you politic your way into us. It, it's like you guys are hitting each other for value and you're like, wait a minute, but we're all at, like, three life. We're like, hold on, <laughs> right? We gotta actually win the game. Like, no more value, right? Like... I, I think it, it is true, though. Like, I think it is true that, especially in the early game, a lot of the attacking that's happening is to try to just get triggers off of things. You're trying to, like, get in a sword attack so you can ramp or get in a Ragavan attack so you get a try. Like, that's a lot of that early game attacking. So just having anything is is usually enough to, like, deflect that. If that's not going to last all game, like, once the game goes along, then that's going to lose value. But... I think in the early game, even a 1-1, like, that can probably buy you a lot of time between, like, turn 2 and 4 or 5. Like, I know Tomer used to have this problem where he wouldn't play creatures. And he would sit around, and then someone would start hitting him with, like, a 6-6. Like, nothing, like, too crazy. But, like, every turn, they would just hit him because he's the only one open. And then he's like, oh my goodness, I gotta, like, use my swords to plowshares on this, like, dirtily 6-6 that I don't care about because I just keep getting hit by it. When... You just throw a couple of chump blocks in there, and then you don't need to burn your cards, right? Like if you 
you know, had anything. But since you don't have anything, you have to use the swords and you do not want to do that. So I, I, there is value in just having like dirtily creatures or if like there's a planeswalker that needs to die or something you can like chip in. Well, I don't know if the spirit companion is going to take down a planeswalker very often, but I, I, I see yeah, where I you're know. going with that. I guess like, cause like you're, you're selling it to me. Like it's like, by the way, we broke it. This is the format defining two drop. It, this is a threat. It closes games. Like it sounds like it, it's like serum visions or something, right? Like it's, it, it's like the glue that holds your deck together. But you're not like, wow, serum visions, like, won the game for me preordained you know but when you play a blue deck you're happy to play all these cantrips right with like scry upside so here you're playing cantrips with board presence upside right you can block you can attack you can equip swords and stuff on them but you're just cantripping into your real win cons while maintaining a board presence so you don't get murdered along the way I feel like, the, I mean, this card would, would have saved me a lot of games, I think, because I'm very criminal when it comes to early game board presence, because I just like to ramp. And to be honest, uh, because it's white, like, I wouldn't say Elvish Visionary is on the same level. Like, white creature decks are probably the ones who should do it more. I mean, I my Omnath deck is very... Uh, top end heavy and i i just try to wrath before i'm dead and then take over the game but that is i mean it's just it would just save me so much early game aggression i've i should probably not uh, mock this card too much i get that it's <laughs> not impressive but oh boy do i get beaten up in the early game because i don't have creatures you can throw it away. Like, a lot of people have board presence, but they're not willing to throw it away. Like, if you throw down, like, a tireless tracker, are you really no. chump blocking? Like, no, 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 no right? No, no, no. If not you throw blocking. down, like, an Oracle Multia, <laughs> like, you have a creature, but you're not willing to block with it. It doesn't really count. Uh, so, just because you have creatures, they need to yeah. be able to block, too. <laughs> you need to be able to throw them away, right? All I, right, Phil. I, yeah. <laughs> Trim, would you like to would you like to invest further in spirit you're so in shock and disbelief that this good boy I, <laughs> I told you I'm already sold as a dog but like outside of that like I don't know man you're making it sound like it does everything on two like <laughs> it does it exactly what you anything. wanted to so turn two you either cast rampant growth or you cast spirited companion like you, you either ramp or you spirit companion that's it like you're not gonna play your actual win cons because why you just get removed? You're not gonna play like a scary threat, like playing like a two man and a ten ten. People just freak out and try to remove it. You play Spirited Companion, right? So you either ramp or card draw. And if you just cast like Sign and Blood, then people start hitting you, and then you lose a lot of life. So this is like the compromise, right? You you draw cards while making a board presence. Okay. <laughs> Give me your monies, <laughs> Give me your okay. monies. And you already have it. You already have it. It's a dog. So, like, like yeah, you got it. You got All it. right, Phil. Phil, take okay. the money away from the good boy. My <laughs> next card beats up your card, uh, but in a weird way. It's Brash Taunter. Five mana, four colorless, and a red creature goblin. Indestructible. When Brash Taunter is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent. And for two and a red and tap it, Bresh Taunter fights another target creature. So five mana, one, one, indestructible. It is indestructible, but it's not really a good rate. But 
I don't know if any of you have ever seen this hit a commander board because things get kind of wild politically and combat wise because unlike other stuffy doll effects where you choose an opponent and that's the only one you can ping with this one you can redirect the damage to any opponent so if somebody just pillow forded up and you can't get in there you can just say hey you want to attack me with your 10 10 and I just shoot them and then end of turn I might just tap it and make it fight the 1010 and that's 20 damage already and then you play a blasphemous act and everything gets 13 damage and your problem opponent gets 13 damage as well it is way more impressive uh, than it seems whenever i saw it in commander and bonus value whenever you fight something you can uh, quote the flavor text and say you hit like a cobalt. That is, that is just extra value. You well, get that one for free. Yeah. The card is just, yeah. it's just so much, um, just like, uh, psychological damage because you think about the board stage just differently. Like, oh, somebody has a different, a big creature, especially when it comes to stuff like hatred. You don't even need to attack them. They can just say, oh, oh, I fight this real quick while you pump it up for. 20 damage more and then somebody just dies out of nowhere like the the ceiling on this is insane and the floor unless somebody plays toxic deluge for one uh is pretty good because indestructible like a gruel deck for example has big problems when this hits the board and it is also good in a gruel deck because can you fight your own creatures i should have probably made sure can you fight i think so yeah oh yeah so you can also play it in voltron i guess it's so so flexible and uh yeah five mana one one big impact though every time i've played this card i come away impressed with it yes. like it, it ends up doing better than i expect it to and that's in commander and in other formats i will say uh, indestructible is getting worse and worse in commander as a form of protection i think uh there's like so much exile based removal now. You got the classics like swords and path to exile, but you also got farewell now. You got chaos warp effects now. There's like indestructible doesn't mean it's necessarily going to stick around, but even with that downside considered, I come away from it, like I said, impressed every time I play it, and I probably should play it more often. So I, I think I'm mostly sold on it, even though I am a little bit worried that there is just like getting to be a lot of answers to this. And if it does just die for one mana or get farewelled or toxic deluged, then that's uh, that's a little bit depressing for five mana. Yeah, you just because that because it really know, needs you, to stick out for like two yeah. or three or four turns of like doing its thing. And then it's really strong. But uh, it, no ETB or anything. So there is a, a bit of a downside to it. It needs yeah. to be a fight deck, no? So you can only target, like, an opponent. So you can't... With the damage, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you can't be like, oh, send your, like, 2-2 two, two in here, and then I'll, like, ping off a creature or something that we, we need to get rid of, right? You can only ping people's face. So that kind of relies on you wanting to burn someone out, and then someone having a big creature for you to, like, make this actually efficient. Which I mean, someone of a big creature, I think. Like, a, a big creature doesn't intimidate me. Although it is true, like, it doesn't affect the board as directly. Like, it fighting isn't very good because it's a 1-1. One, one. It's mostly just a way to generate more damage at a player. Unless like, that's the touch. power of the fight effect. I guess, yeah, yeah. if you can give it, like, put a Bacillus Collar on it or something, then it becomes better. Oh, with so the it Bacillus does deal a lot of damage Wait. to players. If you give it Death Touch and Lifelink, 
it deals the damage to the opponent, right? So Basilisk Color yes. gets ridiculous yes. with this. Yeah. Just yes. So like in dedicated stuffy dolls, yeah. like yeah. combo decks where you like Blasphemous Act and Basilisk Color and stuff like that, this card is like insane. But in a generic yeah, like, like, <clears throat> five man. <clears throat> No one's going to attack you, though. Like, if this yeah. stick out, no one is going to get at you. Like, who's going to attack into this? Like, it's really for a red deck that doesn't have much no defense. <laughs> 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 this actually kills a spirited dam- can- yep, yep, the- <laughs> companion yeah, with the fight mode. Spirited companion? Hold on. <laughs> we found the answer. Maybe a- maybe spirited companion is not as good as I thought it loses yeah, to yeah, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other problem is trample. Was- Right, yeah, like if they have a golf or something, they're like, "Come at me, bro!" <laughs> like we're both gonna go down, right? Like, yeah, you can fight it though. You can still fight it and oh, deal yeah. the damage that way. But yeah, hmm. I wouldn't put it in every deck, but I do think it's underrated. That's that's where I'm at. Like I'm sold on it being underrated, but I don't think it like should go in every red deck or something. Yeah, is like, this cause... the cheapest? Like what stuffy doll? Stuffy Dolls also five, five mana. Five. There's like Boros Reckoners, Boros like Reckoners. Mare, oh, yeah. but those are like those die. not indestructible. Yeah. I mean, it is okay. I see why you'd want to because, like, if you think about like red and what it is, red is everything damage based, right? It's all all their removal is damage based, and, and like their spears are like high damage to everything. Yada yada yada. So why not hit some people on the way out and keep a threat? But otherwise, it is just a five mana one one. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all thought a two mana one one wasn't good enough, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I was already like not sure how I felt about a two mana one one. So when I see a five mana one one, I feel less. I I feel even worse about it. So. I don't you, think I, I can buy that, buy into that one. Has Krim ever tapped five mana during his turn? Except for a Planeswalker. Maybe a Planeswalker, but outside of I've Planeswalkers, I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, Has Krim ever made it to five mana, period? Yeah. Also, have I ever made it to five mana? Good question, probably. Well, only off of a mana drain. That's it. That's the only time. But I mean, and so yeah, in the rare occasion that I hit five mana, I'm going to want more than a one one. So outside of the the dedicated decks that are like Star of Extinction and doing the cute stuff like that, I don't think I would play it in red. Yeah, I mean, every time I see it, it's impressive. I don't have it in any of my decks, but I saw it uh, last Commander Night and thought, oh no, what do I do now? <laughs> because if you don't play farewell, you're just... I mean, all the, the answers that Exile are... Most of them are white. There's Toxic Deluge as well, and you can cycle Decree of Pain. So everybody can deal with this in some way, except for some Gruel decks will have trouble, but they have trouble against the other ability of this thing, mostly. Like, the fight, if you're pumping up your creatures, is actually brutal. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Whenever I see it, it's very impressive. All right, Krim. Salus. <laughs> sell us on your last card well my last card you know what brash taunter funny funny enough would would survive um, <laughs> so it is a card that i've advocated for like before and numerous times on every outlet i can 
I think this card, it's a sweeper. It's a removal spell. It's my favorite kind of thing. It's spreading plague. It's four and a black. It's an enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play, destroy all other creatures that have that share a color with it. It can't be regenerated. This is a board wipe that Seth. Okay, Richard, you love having Seth do all the board wiping for you. Seth can continue to do that if he he plays a creature that shares a color with any of the other creatures, right? And as we start moving into a world where it gets a little more rare to see monocolor decks, not saying they don't exist, but like it's usually like two, three colors, things like that, right? Like I I can safely assume, knowing Phil, that a majority this will hit almost all his creatures because Phil loves playing three color decks, right? So in a deck that I I think in any black deck. You can probably play this and also then just rely on the rest of the table to do it. You play – obviously, I play it – My I feels it feels right at home in decks that don't play creatures. Uh, so when you're – if you're a gamer that loves alternative win conditions and combat's just too boring for you, perfect. This is exactly what you want. They can play as many creatures as they want. Avenger of Zendikar can play it and then kill itself. It's great. Like, it's it, – it's, it's – Exactly what you want because then you don't have to spend mana anymore from here on out. You've already sunk the five mana in. Now the rest of the table can play their game of like like chicken, however they want to play it. Uh, and then and anytime they do anything, they blow each other up while you just sit there and you reap the benefits. I how is this just not good? This is played in uh, only a thousand and like thirty one thousand seven hundred thirty five decks. That's zero percent, pretty much. <laughs> And probably like half of those are yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And about like fifteen hundred of those, my decks. Like this, how is this card? This is only like five bucks, six bucks. So this is just an endless, never-ending sweeper that just yeah. keeps happening until it's answered. That's that's why no one plays it. Not everyone wants to <laughs> embrace the hate and be the the bad guy at the table. Like, yes, the card's really strong, but boy, I imagine what happens is you play this and everyone groans and everyone loses all their creatures, and then eventually someone finds a beast within and kills it, and then everyone takes you out of the game. Like, I imagine, like this seems like the kind of card that leads to people holding grudges because of just like how brutal it is. Is it brutal? Because yes. I mean, just simply uh, like if you're trying I'm to play sure, creatures, <laughs> yeah. So the creature player may not like it, but you know what? For th- yeah, this is this is it's good. It's bad in the matchups that a board wipes bad in. It's good where board wipes are good, right? So it's the I, 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 like I don't know why you wouldn't want this if you're playing a deck that just doesn't care about creatures, right? So I think in a deck that doesn't care about creatures, snap play this. Why would you not? And then I feel it's, it's so good that you become arch enemy, and everyone will just so, pause what they're doing, and whatever and they what? have on board will just continually hit you until you die. So you so need you to bought, be ahead on time. board. So you've bought time. Yeah, but now it's three v one. But <laughs> you've bought time, right? <laughs> like three v one of what though? Right? Like you're again a three v one against your deck in it, black. But it doesn't has, get rid of the things currently on the battlefield, yeah, right? So if everyone's just like, no one play anything until we kill Krim, that could potentially go wrong. But then you, so what you're saying is, <laughs> I have now bought time, made you essentially skip your turn, <laughs> that, right? Yes, that like, is true. Is, is that, is that not- You have bought time, but you have made three enemies simultaneously, which I think <laughs> is- Look, 
not a good trade. <laughs> I do the opposite of Richard. I do not slide under the radar. I, I, and I believe I am not trying to slide under the radar. I am trying to openly let you know that I am the threat. <laughs> but at the same time, I am now forcing you to answer it, right? And I am forcing you to interact with me. So I'm. this is also an interaction check. I'm seeing who's playing honest magic out there, you know? If you're Richard who likes, oh, I don't know. Why would I want – it doesn't – it doesn't. I don't need removal, right? Like, well, great. <laughs> then, then this is going to be a problem. Because I'm not playing Swords of Falchir. It's perfect. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Your one generous gift is going to be used on this. I, I, I don't know. I think this card I, is I, really good, but I think it promotes a play pattern that most people do not like. So, A, you wouldn't put it in your own deck because normally – even if you play board wipes, you play creatures. Very few people just play, like, straight zero creatures. But then all of your former friends in the pod <laughs> will not like this. And uh, you'll be, like, shamed out of playing this ever again. I feel Krim doesn't play this often. Who? I, right? Because yeah. I, feel, I, I feel Krim has played it a couple times and it's been so brutal. And either we gang up on him and try to kill him or he wins with it. But then, like, we're not happy about it. So, <laughs> like, hey, the yeah. next I'm time it comes here. out, even before anything has happened, we're like, gotta kill Krim now, right? And it's, it's like, I can't I control know. how much fun y'all have. I can control how much. I can control how much fun I'm having, right? Because magic, there, fun is a finite number, right? There's a finite number of fun, and and look, this helps you achieve all of it. I I will give you, Krim, that based on power level, it should be more than 0% or how many decks it is. Like, just based on how strong it is, it's underrated. But it's way too salty for me to buy. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> such a salty card that I, I don't think I can go out and be like, oh, yeah, people play more of this, because I... I just don't like the the play pattern it leads to. So power level rise, I think you're wait, right. Wait. But like play pattern, you're, you're I, I don't want to okay play against this, this card pattern. more. You're I'm not a, okay I'm, with this play pattern. Well, but. I'm not like it's just it makes me salty. Like it's it's not a fun card to play against. Like I would not want to play against this on a regular basis in my games. Really, it's the rest it, in peace of sweepers, right? Like it keeps. <laughs> It yeah. keeps doing it keeps every happening. turn. Like, it's, it's like not the like, oh, humility. you my, let me rebuild. It's like, no, the game is actually paused until it's removed, right? Yeah, it's like black humility, essentially. Yeah. yeah I don't see like what's, what's humility, wrong. Humility, tabernacle, very strong cards. <laughs> I'm not sure. This is nowhere near tabernacle. You can play as many creatures as you want. And you don't even have to pay the mana for them. I don't even know about that. Would you rather taver- get tabernacle or spreading? I think I'd rather... Get tabernacled. No. <laughs> I, no. I'm kind of sad mm. that I you didn't. You just pay like two or three mana and have two or three creatures and go to town, right? Like, no, uh, uh, unless you're like actually a go wide deck, like an, an actual elf. You ball could deck. just have two to three creatures. Just don't play new ones. You have like one creature. <laughs> don't play right? new ones. That's the. Uh, po- this is a time stamped card. I get it. Like, I'm kind of sad that I didn't think about the card when I played. I think Jared is his name, the five color. Planeswalker oh, Commander yeah. because it pluses, yeah. pluses to make a five color element, uh, I think Carvel yeah, creature token, so you can plus it <laughs> to grasp the board every turn. Ooh. That's, uh, that's something I can respect. <laughs> I, I won't like it, but I have to say that's pretty brute. <laughs> this card oh. is, is fine. If you're okay with like, oh it, my God, it sounds, no. th- there's nothing salty about this card. If like there, <laughs> 
How is this <laughs> card? So, is it, how is it worse than? Is there a other, what's a salt core? Is, is it's not. I don't think anyone knows it exists, so it doesn't show up. I actually checked the salt score list because Magic of this. Are like we can we can arm against each other. There's no way we're spreading plague. <laughs> no, no, like, spreading no way. Plague. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You destroy your own creatures. Ridiculous. That's ridiculously salty. <laughs> if you want to play your creatures, you have to destroy all your other creatures. That is the definition of getting salty real quick. Well, Imagine you were like a black deck, and like before feed the swarm. There's like no jam removal. You just gotta sit there and take this too. It's same with humility, right? Like if you don't have a way to interact with enchantments, you're like so screwed. <laughs> It does sound cool to build around, like an indestructible theme deck or something. Like, oh, I, I yes. could imagine someone building a cool deck where, like, oh, I play the sliver that makes all my slivers indestructible, and then I, like, just blow up <laughs> everything and win. Like, that would be cool. But just, like, jamming this to, like, uh, troll the table. Ugh. Ugh, it's, please, no, no. it's not even trolling. It's not even trolling. It's, it's legitimately, it turns it into a team game. <laughs> And then everyone against the person with the spreading against yes. you. Yeah, like, yeah. you have ascended you are now super monarch except you don't draw the card uh, but but like what if you, you just play this the and then donate it so that everyone has oh. to kill the kill oh that's actually kind of see there's ways you can build around it that would be funny i mean it, i don't know what the donating part of it does because as long as a creature comes into play because, that shares because the, color. The, the the way to remove enchantments when you can't, it's called player removal. I mean, they can so still just kill the player kill holding you, right? though, if you donate it, and then it's gone, yeah, right? They still just punch <laughs> oh, yeah, you, I guess right? that's true. Yeah, that's true. But you that's see, true. the good news is you won't get punched anymore. See, I, I think you're assuming player removal works when this is on the board, which I don't know how it does. <laughs> Unless you're playing Eldrazi, then never mind. You're safe. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but this is just like playing against, uh, like, if you're an aggro deck, you get paired against a bunch of decks that have board wipes. Same deal. So, all right, Seth, bring deal. us home with your last, with your last card that you need to sell. All right, so let me ask you: What is the just the the strongest creature on rate in Commander? You got like what Sun Titan a six mana six six. You got like Rampaging Balos a six six that comes along with a four four when you make a land drop, or maybe Avengers Endicar. Let me tell you, there's a card that no one even thinks of that is the strongest creature in all of Magic on Ray, and that card is Haunted Horror. Haunted Horror, it it is a two-mana 7-7. Seven, seven. It even has Trample, and when it enters the battlefield, uh, it makes two 3-3 three, three green Senchar creature tokens with protection from black. So it is putting... 13 power and toughness in three bodies on the battlefield for two mana. So uh, the downside, if it even is the downside, is that the two tokens do go to one of your opponents, but people get too too caught up in the fact that that's going to your opponents. If you come to Commander from 1v1 formats, and I am a, a testament to this, when I started playing Commander, I thought of it just like 1v1. In 1v1 is a zero-sum game, like... Anything that helps my opponent hurts me. Anything that increases my opponent's win percentage is going to decrease my win percentage. That's just how it works by default. Commander's not like that, though. There are four players in Commander, so something benefiting an opponent can also benefit me. I can make a play that increases an opponent's win percentage and also increases mine at the same time because it's taking that win percentage away from one of the other two people on the table. In Haunted Horror is exactly that card. It is adding such an absurd amount of power and toughness to the battlefield that with a little bit of politicking, uh, you can easily get a promise from whoever you're giving the tokens to not to attack you with 
those tokens, and you are making a ridiculously huge impact on the battlefield super, super quickly. Uh, look at Commander Clash. Commander games, a lot of times, start off with one person running away with the game. They get the fast start. They got the soul ring into the signet, and then all of a sudden, Phil's got seven mana, and he's about to like win the game, and we're like, oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to stop Phil? This is the perfect card to just add a bunch of stuff to the battlefield to be able to pressure the person that's the arch enemy, or maybe you're the person that's running away with the game a little bit, you can give someone else some tokens to take some of the pressure off of you. Someone else is going to actually have bodies on the battlefield. You can give the tokens to the person who's doing the least and is going to be the least impacted by it. So in almost every scenario, and I feel like I'm making Richard Skullfinder argument, which no, <laughs> no one really bought, which is making me a little bit nervous, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but in almost every scenario, you're going to be able to play these tokens in a way that is not going to harm you, but is going to harm your opponents instead. So I think that just based on the sheer amount of power and toughness that this card can put on the battlefield for such a low, low cost, that this is a card that you should play in essentially every single deck. And I think this is true of other members of the hunted cycle. This is the best one because it just puts the most power and toughness on the battlefield for the lowest rate. But the same thinking applies, like just like with Skullwinder, how you can use that in a way where you're going to get the benefit from your opponent getting the benefit. You can do the same thing with these tokens by being like, hey, I will give you these. Will you attack this? Will you attack that planeswalker? Will you attack the arch enemy? So Richard, I'm sure that you probably are down with this card because it's like, it's like Secret Rendezvous. It's like Secret Rendezvous, the creature version. You already know that thing that benefit one other player at the table are, are very powerful cards in Commander. It's the 1v1 mindset that keeps people from playing those cards. Krim, you want to get second anyway. And what a, what's a better way of getting second than making a friend who is not going to take you out of the game earlier by giving them some censure tokens? Uh, and Phil... I don't know why you should play this card because you're going to be the arch enemy and probably the one dying to this. So I don't know how I can actually <laughs> actually sell you on this. Maybe you, you can use it as like a this. deflection tool or something. Yeah. But but yes, I'm going to tell you this is like one of one of the most powerful creatures on rate in all of Commander, and no one plays it. So buy Haunted Horror. Seth, how how are you going to do this to me? You're like Richard. Don't drink Coca Cola. It's bad for you. It's bad for your health. Drink Pepsi instead. <laughs> How would you like this card but not Skullwinder? <laughs> I like Skullwinder. I, I didn't come out and say that Haunted Horror is better than Consecrated Sphinx or something, or like from Evil Titan. Like, that was the this issue. This thing is so cracked. If, if you are the player who did not cast Hunted Horror, or get the centaurs. Yes. You're so screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like 13 power on the board. On turn two. I, I, would, I would say this is unfun if people actually played this correctly. Right? Yeah. Like, Phil plays a soul ring, and I'm like, oh, that's scary. Seth, let's get him. Yeah. <laughs> let's get him, yeah. yeah. Three turns, yeah. And then we just, like, <laughs> slam Phil, and, like, two turns later, he's, like, dead. Right? This is so <laughs> yeah. oppressive. And, and Seth missed out on the synergy of having a giant creature. So in black, you can draw based on power, like Disciple of Bolus, things like yeah. that. In yeah. green, you, you have a lot of benefits, like your Great Henge is now like free and stuff like that. You can draw off the power as well. So there's other Richard's benefits. selling us better just, than I did, yeah. There's, just, there's so many benefits. <laughs> it has trample. Whatever stupid sword you put on it will hit. Like, it is so cracked. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, especially the black one. It is one. underplayed. Like, the other ones are... The green one is probably the next best one. It's an 8-4 with regenerate and 
maybe trample four on the one show. one flyers. Yeah, I you believe. get flyers. The blue ones. The blue one's pretty good. Blue the blue ones. one is a three mana four six unblockable that makes five one one yeah. goblins for someone. I I think that's my number two, and then the green one, and then white and red are like white is actually kind of bad. Like those are the worst. Red, red, you get a six uh, six tasty flyer for haste, four. Yeah, the 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 red ones that. The red one's not that bad. I like the red one too. I've I've won with the red one before. Yeah, I mean, you can always the, the, the black one is the most absurdly yeah. Being two mana is just so much so fast. You can always I mean, say, say, "Don't attack me with these tokens." Like either you get them yeah. or you don't get them, or somebody else takes the deal. So you can just someone say, at the hey, table don't will use them do against that. me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like not someone like will Sky agree, Warner, which can backfire. <laughs> Even if but, they don't like, agree, it's not that bad for you. Like. You're still hitting them for plus one. If they, yeah. Well, it does have pro you, black, right? which is kind of awkward. Like the tokens have protection yeah. from black, so they are pretty good against. But they take trample, your right? thing, so they, they double block. They, still... they take one trample, nothing dies, right? Yeah. Or you just go all out. You attack them, they attack you. You're trading seven damage for six so, damage. Why don't people play this card? I sound well, Krim. What do you, What do you think? Are you sold? Everyone else seems sold. Where Where are you at with the Hunter? I love this card. This card is amazing. I just, hey. I'm more shocked at like where Rich is like, this is almost unfun to play well. What? <laughs> this is the most fun. This card is awesome. I think this card is like just exactly what you want. Obviously, two mana, seven, seven. That's pretty good, right? And uh, like, yeah, like a lot of why I do like, you know, some of the cards, like let's just say the ones that you can use politics to your advantage. Uh, this this is it has that built into it, and it's just again, it's a beefy seven seven. It's a horror. It does exactly what I want. Like at two mana, this is an amazing card. This is just legitimately two mana, thirteen power on the board. Why does no one play it then? If we all agree this is crap, like it's in according to EDH rec one percent of decks, and that's like horror theme decks. Like yeah, I think Captain that was a Narth God, it and that's a like even there, it's like kind of fringe. Why does no one play this if it's, like, so The same broken? reason no one plays Skullwinder and Secret Rendezvous, Seth. Well, they just don't get it. <laughs> hold on. It's hold the same, on it's the same reason. It's the same. No, I, I can give you all not. the arguments, okay? But, Richard, not everyone's a master <laughs> politician with employees under them that won't attack them, right? But, Richard, right? What if they take the two centaurs, play coat of arms, and, like, triple pump them and one-shot you, you know? Like, there, there's always some, like, fail scenario with giving your opponent stuff. But the upside is you got a free combat step, right? Like someone else yeah. is attacking on your behalf, right? Uh, so it's also two mana, 13 power. Like that's a ridiculous rate. That's, yeah. But people ridiculous. are really scared of giving other people stuff. And from 1v1, right? In 1v1, this it's, is like trash. Oh, horrible. Right? Like yeah. This is not really playable. Like you have to do a lot to mitigate the downside. But in multiplayer... It's, it's upside. It, it's beneficial to give someone two three yeah. threes a lot of the time, yeah. Like, even if everyone is muted and you can't make any deal with anyone, like, I would 100% play this all the time, right? Because people will just do the right thing, right? Like, they'll, yeah. they'll see whoever the threat is. Uh, you can defend yourself if you need to, right? It's, it, it's fine. It is a little... So, I... I'm pretty sure I got this in my trade binder. It was from the first Ravnica block, right? Uh, so it should be flying around somewhere in my cards. And I could just throw it into a deck, but the only black deck I have is artifact-themed. And I, I don't know to which extent you'd say, hey, you play this in every deck. I mean, it's still good, but as Richard said, it is 
kind of obnoxiously good. Like, if you want to, you can just gang up on one opponent and just kill them, and they have zero chance unless they pop off or right like, like the unless they have their spirited companions yeah. so dead you only have six trample over <laughs> can't you just dead. spend two mana to have them in real real trouble so i'm not sure if the, i would advocate for too many people playing this it, it's also haste like the the centaur tokens effectively have haste because you yeah. give them to opponent and they can attack immediately as soon as their turn comes up so it's it, actually disgusting. It's scary. Yeah, it's very maybe good that not people. Maybe it's not good that we advocate for it here because it <laughs> is. Imagine everybody plays this and then two people do this on turn two and they just team up with each other and then they say, "Oh, that's we what kill I'm the saying." Rest of the table. Like all these like okay. team up cards are really bad if they actually get popular, right? Yeah. Like, if I secret <laughs> rendezvous someone. We both just got a huge target boost. Me, if we want to just team up on the table, we can, right? Same with this hunted horror. If we can just team up on the table, right? Maybe this is a whole other podcast topic, but don't you think they will get popular eventually? Like, no. I feel like Commander, <laughs> like, people's just stuck in the 1v1 mindset. Won't Commander Theory get to the point where everyone's like, oh my god, like, these cards are actually, like, absurdly bro- broken in how the, with how this format works? Like, or you don't think it'll ever get there? Seth, I've been saying this for years. I see no change. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, you, Richard you is really running me, out of content. Richard. He's you really can, you farming convinced. the clicks, huh? I'm like... You convinced me. I got nothing, guys. I got nothing. <laughs> I, I have laid out everything I could lay out. I have showed you the deck lists. I have played the games i don't know what else i can say just uh that that's it i've given up <laughs> richard's like one like the one of those like fanatical street preachers just raving yes. around like yeah, play, yeah. play my rendezvous <laughs> that world's coming to an end <laughs> on an horror <laughs> and everyone's just exactly like oh well, that crazy person leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> but he wins. I mean, he is hard to kill. Yeah. And he wins a lot of games. So I, I'm not going to argue with this. The, the funny thing is, people no. always say it's always because of Commander Clash. They're like, oh, it's because Krim plays all your removal. Or it's because Seth always casts your wrath. <laughs> I'll have you know, these guys are actually really good magic players. And they know what I'm doing. And when I play outside of them, like, everything is like 10x more effective for me like i win way oh, more yeah, Vegas. like nobody oh understands like these things like crim knows not to just randomly fire off removal for me right but he still do it but like, he knows right they know what i'm up to and it works even better when you run into like random randos that don't understand the strategy yeah so like my win rate is actually absurd like outside of commander clash it's like better than my 1v1 win rate <laughs> right. I, I, <laughs> did you lose I, when for, for, we went to Las Vegas? I feel like I you lost like, one match all weekend, weekend. and oh that match God. had Krim in it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the game where I wasn't having any of Richard's <laughs> nonsense. Like, no, no. At that, that was the game where I think I won with Triskaidekaphobia and Richard's secret yes. rendezvous so that I could go above 13 cards. Yes. Oh, that was for some desperate okay. times. But yeah, Hunted Horror. I, I'm sold on this. I I, I would yes. give Seth all my money here. For Same. Hunted Horror. Yeah. Okay. I, I, and and like yeah, this is really just like to like to wrap up on my thoughts on that. It's just like exactly it. Um, thought the thought process around Commander right now is like the idea that you give your opponent something, it it it, it, it being bad. Uh, I think isn't exactly always true. Um, there are cards where giving your opponent stuff is fine. Um, and this is one of them. Hunted Horror is great. I'm still not sure. Like, I think Skullwinder's solid. 
I just don't think it's better than Eternal Witness. Um, so, like, I do believe I still think Secret Rendezvous is kind of bad, but like that that maybe maybe I'll just warm up to that, right? But for now, being able to politic and leverage that, I think people are are definitely discrediting how much that has play in groups. Like being able to get something out of just you doing nothing, like the person already doing nothing benefits. You now have a friend in the pocket, right? Like, like, great. All right, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off this for one last pitch to further commander theory. So, hunted horror is like level one. It's very easy to see what your opponents get because it's basically two, three, three centaurs, right? And you you can do in your head like, what is this? You know, are they playing coat of arms? I probably shouldn't give them. Are they a token deck? I probably shouldn't give them this, right? Level two is like Skullwinder. Your opponent has some choices, but they're all visible to you. You can see everyone's graveyards, and you can know what they choose, so you can like predict. Uh, but you're, you're not 100% certain, right? It's like variable. And then the next level is Secret Rendezvous. Like You know their general deck, but you have no idea what they're ripping off the top, right? So it's like very scary, and it's like a lot more unpredictable. But if you can harness that power... <laughs> Right? You you have a lot of power you can harness here. It's all kind of the same theory. It's just more variable and like less predictable. And the more predictable it is, the the less the effect is, right? It should be, right? And then the I guess the the, the most bottom level is the political cards in Commander, where they're like, you and your opponent get to do this. And they're usually like super expensive because they're very explicit that your opponent can't hurt you or whatever. Right? So so that is my pitch. If you like Hunted Horror, you should like Skullwinder. You should also like Secret Rendezvous. <laughs> They're all kind of the same thing on the spectrum of like how hard it is to play. But I would argue they're not actually like that difficult to, to wrap your head around. One rebuttal to this. So in both Skullwinder and Haunted Horror, you end up with more value. But with Secret Rendezvous, you spend one card to draw three and the opponent draws three. So you're technically done. I get what you mean, but... I also know why people don't buy the secret rendezvous. I, I still, you still didn't target me with it yet. So maybe <laughs> this might change my mind. Because <laughs> you're always winning, Phil. You're always winning when it's cast. There was a <laughs> symmetrical tutor. Oh yeah. A scheming symmetry. But I oh, knew you were going to die by the time you untapped. So I targeted you. Yeah, this you. one is very interesting, actually. <laughs> But all of these cards, they seem like what Seth mentioned, like, will Commander Theory catch up? Technically, if everybody keeps learning, but I think there's always, like, the intuition says, oh, no, these cards aren't good. And I think that Commander will always hopefully, I, I'm not sure if hopefully, but it was, will always be casual enough that the general mindset will be, these cards help your opponents, so they are not good, which is probably good for price. It wouldn't be good if Haunted Tower is insanely expensive or even worse, heavily played. I, I don't want to see a world where everybody slaps a Haunted Tower on turn two. That seems well, awful. That's like the nightmare for if, Phil as you're trying to ramp and whatnot. Like, yeah. If two players back to back slam a Haunted Horror, that's like, oh my Someone's God. dead. So yeah. Rough, yeah. <laughs> you leave one person, one person yeah. out, they get nothing yeah. and everyone just kills them on like turn three. <laughs> That's like that that bad card in white where like you and your opponent just draw your whole deck. Oh yeah, it's trade roots. I think trade it is. Yeah, it's in blue. It's in blue. Right, trade. Oh, it's it in is blue. blue. Oh yeah, it's, that would make sense. <laughs> Why would is white have secrets? card draw? Maybe it's but, trade secrets. Trade something. All right. So those are our pitches. 
check the YouTube community tab where you listeners and viewers can vote. Uh, I, I don't. I guess you just get one vote. So you get one dollar. You get one penny. You put it in the appropriate jar, and uh, you can vote which cards you like best. Uh, any cards we missed? Uh, what is your secret tech that you would like to sell? And uh, maybe we can uh, feature on a future episode. Uh, so yeah, make sure you like and subscribe, and we'll see you all next week. See ya. <laughs>